0: Good evening and happy Friday everyone Welcome to episode 47 of Sports Takes Galore I'm your host Gabe and thank you for listening In this episode we have NFL Championship Sunday You'll hear my takes and predictions on both games I'll give you my takes on what I see in the NBA And the return of Conor McGregor this Saturday As he will be fighting Dustin Poitier and UFC 257 In a rematch from 2014 Coming up on the other side Stay tuned. Now, without further ado, let's get started. I'm going to start my opening take in the NFL. This Sunday is Championship Sunday. And the winner will represent the NFC and the AFC in Super Bowl 55 in two weeks. I'm going to start off with the first game, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be going to Lambeau Field in the frozen tundra to take on the Packers. Of course, this is a rematch from this regular season game where Tampa Bay s- destroyed the Packers 38 to 10 in a game in which the Packers led 10 to nothing. And then Tampa Bay scored 38 unanswered points and never looked back. And Aaron Rodgers threw a couple of um, interceptions in that game, which, of course, turned the game around. But we're going to have another matchup of two future Hall of Famers going at it, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Now, this matchup can go either way. I mean any team can win this matchup so I've been having a hard time picking a winner I mean both teams of course have the quarterback both teams have good running games and both teams have some threats down the field I mean Michael Evans you know Gronk of course unfortunately for Tampa no Antonio Brown this Sunday As he's out with a knee injury. And it's going to be interesting to see what kind of plan the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense have for Devontae Adams. And as far as the defenses go, we all know the Packers are a little suspect. I mean, yeah, they played well last week, but that was Jared Goff. This is Tom Brady, the GOAT. So their defense is going to have to play lights out. They're going to have to get the Brady and knock him off his spot. Tampa Bay's defense has played well and it's actually better than Green Bay's defense. It has shown times that it can be um, moved on. So they're gonna have a tough task with Aaron Rodgers. So they're gonna have to do what they did the first time. They're gonna have to be able to get to him and get him off of his spot. And force him into some turnovers. I think this game is going to come down to the defenses. And the running game. Who can get the most stops. And who can run the football effectively. We already know what Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are going to do. That's a given. But whoever is able to run the ball effectively... Giving, the te- giving their offenses a balanced attack and what defense can get enough stops and win the turnover battle. It's hard to go against any of these quarterbacks. I mean, how can you go against Tom Brady? He's been there multiple times. You know, six times Super Bowl winner. And Aaron Rodgers, as Shannon shop would call, the greatest throw of the football ever. I mean, but I believe this is Aaron Rodgers' best chance. I'm not going to say it's his last chance, but this could be his best chance. I mean, he's got it all set up for him. He's in, he, he's at home, which he has not been. Even in, the, even in the year they won the Super Bowl, they had to go on the road and win. But this time he's at home. It wasn't like last year when my 49ers um, ran all over them. It wasn't like the other previous years, like Atlanta. Now, of course, San Francisco with Cap. So, I think this is set up beautifully for Aaron Rodgers to get to his second Super Bowl. So, after going back and forth on this, and I'll admit, it's been hard. I mean, it's hard for me to go against Brady. But it's also hard to to go against Aaron Rodgers, too. So, here goes. I'm going to go with the Packers to pull this out barely. This game is going to be close. I think in the fourth quarter, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are going to go back and forth. So I'm going to say... I'm going to go with the Packers to win this one... 34-31. That's right. The Packers will win... At the end of the game on a field goal. That's my prediction. Now the next game... Is in the AFC. The Buffalo Bills will take on the Chiefs. Of course we all know the story... Was about Patrick Mahomes. Whether he's going to be available. But now we've gotten word. He's going to be there. He's cleared concussion protocol. And we'll play on Sunday. Now again. This game. Isn't even with Patrick Mahomes. Playing. This game's not. is not an easy game to predict either. I mean. Buffalo has been playing good ball. My only problem with the B- Buffalo Bills here is they're gonna need more balance in the running game. I mean, they've been able to get away with, you know, not having a strong running game and Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs doing damage, and then of course adding Cole Beasley in there. But I believe if they're a one-dimensional team, it's that's gonna sink them. As the Chiefs, they're going to get their running back, Clyde Evans-Hilaire, back. So not only that helps Patrick Mahomes, but it helps the offense. I mean, if they can run the ball effectively, that's really going to open up Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill, along with the other receivers. But Buffalo can do some damage to this Chiefs defense. It is suspect. I mean, but of course, Buffalo's defense is also suspect. So both these teams are opportunistic defenses. So I think this game is going to come down to a couple of factors. Buffalo's balanced attack to be able to use the clock and keep Matt Mahomes sitting on that sideline. And scoring touchdowns and not field goals. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Kansas City and I think a, a high-scoring affair as well. As I say, I don't trust none of these defenses. But I believe in the end, Patrick Mahomes and company are going to take are going to take this game late in the fourth quarter. So I'm going to go Chiefs 35, the Buffalo Bills 30. And of course, one thing I forgot to add in this one was this is another this was also a rematch from an earlier matchup week 6 where the Chiefs won 26 to 17 and had over 200 yards rushing. Against the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills defense. Better come to play. Now I'm going to switch off to. The NBA. As I said. As soon as football season is over. I will be doing more. NBA episodes. Because like I say. Next to football. the NBA is my second favorite sport. So here's a couple of notes. What I've seen thus far in the NBA. I'm going to start with my Lakers. My Los Angeles Lakers are road warriors this season. So far they are 8-0. and Especially after winning 113-106 to over the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. Now, I meant they need to be, be better at home. I mean, losing that game to Golden State on Monday was inexcusable. I mean, especially when he had a 14-point lead. So, well, I'm glad my Lakers are winning on the road, which is a good thing. You need to get better at home and not be playing down to the competition. Let's go to the next Let's go to the big three. Now, the big three played together for the first time Tuesday night and lost in double overtime to the Cleveland Cavaliers. KD in that game had 38. Kyrie had 37. James Harden had a modest 21 points. Now, I know a lot of people are thinking this team, this big three. Is going to be putting up a lot of points. And he'll be playing lights out. Here's what I see. While it's true. They're going to be putting up a lot of points. Here's the problem. What I've seen so far. They're going to be giving up a lot of points. This is almost similar to. You know the Phoenix Sun team. When Steve Nash and. Amari Stoudemire and. Sean Marion. Were on the same team. And was coached by Mike D'Antoni. They were putting up a lot of points. But they weren't weren't stopping nobody. They had to outscore everybody. And similar to what... James Harden left back in Houston. And of course, Mike D'Antoni was the coach there too. I mean, all offense, very little defense. And yet, you had certain commentators and... Stuff like that. Thinking... My Lakers are supposed to be scared of the Nets. <laughs> Heh. La- all my Lakers would have to do... Is play... St- sound defense. And protect the rim And protect the um, perimeter. So... While I get... While I, it's going to be exciting basketball... To see... Kyrie Irving... Kevin Durant... And James Harden play... They're not guaranteed... To get to the Finals... Because if they run into a good defensive team that could that could um protect protect the perimeter and limit two of these three guys, they're gonna be out in the playoffs. So another thing that that caught my eye in NBA last night was Draymond Green getting ejected last night. It was kind of weird the way he got ejected. Now, usually, you get... I mean, most of the ejections he get in our technical fouls are justified. This one was like, huh? All he was doing was he was yelling at one of his own teammates. And I guess the officials thought he was yelling back at one of the Knicks players. Of course, at halftime, the officials admitted to Steve Kerr that they made a mistake. I'm just going to say this. Draymond Green, in my opinion, is the Rasheed Wallace of this era. Now, if any NBA fans don't know who Rasheed Wallace is, Rasheed Wallace was one of the best low post players in the NBA. The problem was, like Draymond Green, he always draw the eye of the referees for complaining a lot. And, all, and got a lot of technical fouls And got ejected these, Both these guys develop A reputation that They can't even look at the referee Cross-eyed Or they would get teed up And that's the reputation, reputation Draymond Green got It's unfortunate that he got ejected Last night But Let's, let's be honest he has a reputation. So he can't even he, he can't even say nothing. Or he's gonna get teed up. Now here's something that kinda caught my eye. At first I I, I saw it on Twitter or through Sports Center. They were saying that the New York Knicks was the number one defense in the NBA. I had to say I had to look at that as like, you're kidding me, right? So I had to, you know, go through ESPN.com and, you know, Google and, and and see if this is actually true, and it actually is true. They're number one in total defense. My Los Angeles Lakers is number two, and the fun and the thing about it is, the Knicks are just a five hundred team thus far. But I guess it may be a little bit of good news for Knicks fans. They're only 2.5 games out of first place in the Atlantic. Which, of course, is led by the Philadelphia Sixers. Hmm. Now, could we be seeing finally a turnaround for the New York Knicks? Are they finally going to reach back respectability? Well, I don't know if it'll happen this year, but we'll just wait and see now my last note of the NBA is there's been a lot of talk I'm sure when the season started you figured the Dallas Mavericks and the Denver Nuggets especially after the showings they put out in the playoffs last year they would be getting more buzz but of course both of them it hasn't looked that good but the team that has looked good Is the Utah Jazz Utah Jazz Last night Won their 7th straight game And Donovan Mitchell Has been playing like a boss The last couple of last 7 to 10 games Averaging 26.6 points a game And the funny And, 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 and the interesting thing about The Utah Jazz is They got the second best record in the NBA behind the Lakers. And tied for second with the Clippers. I mean, they're playing some good ball. I mean, not just Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you got Rudy Gobbard. You know, Mike Conley, who's been a good player for a long time in this league. I mean, Jordan Clarkson. So, I don't know. The Jazz might be what the Denver Nuggets was last year they may surprise some people not just in the regular season but maybe in the postseason so don't sleep on the Utah Jazz teams better keep an eye out for them now let's move on to UFC as we know this Saturday the notorious one, Conor McGregor, returns to the octagon. He's going to be facing Dustin Poitier, a guy he fought back in 2014 at UFC 178. And at the time, both of them were in the featherweight division. Conor McGregor won that fight in the first round. Basically, hit him, hit, hit him behind the ear started pounding him and the fight had to be stopped so connor got the first round tko now dustin portier since that fight has been on a tear for the most part he he's won 10 fights and he won the interim lightweight title from Max Holloway in a bloody fight. I mean, he's just coming off a victory just recently. But the one thing both Poitier and McCon- McConnor have in, in common is that both guys lost the Khalif. Both lost them in the third round in the same fashion rare naked choke now of course Conor McGregor hopes that this fight will get him closer to a rematch with Khalib but of course that's the question is going to be will Khalib come out of retirement to fight McGregor a second time now for Poitiers, I mean this fight could be huge for him I mean, losing a, losing to Conor McGregor. I don't think will end his career, but it'll be, it will but it will hurt. I believe. But it'll really be really bad if he loses in the same fashion as the first time. Here's what I here's what I here's why I predict. I look for this fight to go the distance this time. As we know, Dustin Poirier has won at least 10 out of his last seven, 11 fights. And remember, McGregor hasn't fought in some time. So he may be a little rusty. I just can't see after after six years since the last fight that it'll be déjà vu all over again. So I'm gonna go with Conor McGregor by by a unanimous by a split decision. Actually, I'm gonna go with split decision because I believe is gonna come out of the fight because he know he has something to prove. But in the end, the notorious one is going to win it going the distance. It'd be disappointing if this fight goes less than three rounds. Now, before I close out, I want to say rest in peace to a baseball legend Henry Hank Aaron Hank Aaron died this morning he was one of the greatest baseball players that ever lived he was the former home run king back in 1974 of course this is before my time and probably a lot of other other listeners times He broke Bathe Root's home run record of 7.14, which of course he broke it at 7.15. And of course by doing that, during during the chase, he was under threat. And of course this was back in the 70s, so you know, most people know the history, know what was going on in the 70s. He, he got a lot of racist hate mail. He got death threats. His family got death threats. He had to have bodyguard he had to have a bodyguard with him during the chase. But he said he did it because he wanted his children to see history. And I think we all are glad that. He did accomplish that feat. And of course, most importantly, his family is alive. But he wasn't just a home run hitter. I mean, he he was a three-time Golden Glove winner as well. He went on to not only broke the record of 7.15, he went on to hit 40 more home runs... For a total of 755. Of course, this record stood until Barry Bonds broke it back in the 2000s. So I want to say Mike and to Hank Aaron, his family, and I just want to say, rest in peace, legend. Rest in peace. Now, this will conclude episode 47 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for downloading from whatever podcast platform that you're listening to this broad, this episode from. I very much appreciate everybody that listens and downloads. But you can catch this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at GGSports13. Thank you again for listening and for, and for downloading. Hope you have a excellent weekend and I'll talk to you again on Monday. Bye-bye.